Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hello and happy Wednesday, faithful listeners. You have tuned into the P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen. And today we are in Exodus chapter 8, and we're going to be talking about the second plague. And this one is really interesting to me because I was able to dive down into uh, some Egyptian history here and really get kind of deep with this one. So it's kind of interesting. So let's go ahead and read Exodus chapter 8, verses 1 through 15 today out of the WEB version of the Bible. Yahweh spoke to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and tell him, This is what Yahweh says, Let my people go, that they may serve me. If you refuse to let them go, behold, I will plague all your borders with frogs. The river will swarm with frogs, which will go up and come into your house and into your bedroom and on your bed and into the house of your servants and on your people, into your ovens and into your kneading troughs. The frogs shall come up both on you, on your people and on all your servants. Yahweh said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your rod over the rivers, over the streams, and over the pools, and cause frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. The magicians did the same thing with their enchantments and brought up frogs on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat Yahweh that he take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may sacrifice to Yahweh. Moses said to Pharaoh, I give you the honor of setting the time that I should pray for you and for your servants and for your people, that the frogs be destroyed from you and your houses and remain in the river only. Pharaoh said, Tomorrow. Moses said, Let it be according to your word that you may know that there is no one like Yahweh our God. The frogs shall depart from you and from your houses and from your servants and from your people. They shall remain in the river only. Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh and Moses cried to Yahweh concerning the frogs which he had brought on Pharaoh. Yahweh did according to the words of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses, out of the courts, and out of the fields. They gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. But when Pharaoh saw that there was a respite, he hardened his heart and didn't listen to them as Yahweh had spoken. I can't even imagine how stinky the land really was and all those frogs died. Because if you think about how big Egypt is and probably was back in ancient times and the entire land was covered in frogs, man, that would be really smelly after all those frogs died. So anyway, it says here in verse one that Yahweh spoke to Moses, go into Pharaoh and tell him. So God is giving Pharaoh another chance to basically repent and to allow the people to go. He's giving Pharaoh another chance. And so he says to Moses, he's like, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let the people go so that they can serve me. And basically he continues to say to Moses, he's like, okay, so if the Pharaoh does not 
agree to let the people go, this is what you're supposed to tell him. You're supposed to tell him that the river is going to swarm with frogs, which will go up and come into the houses and into the bedrooms and on the beds and even into your own food. These frogs are going to be everywhere. You're not even going to walk without stepping all over these frogs and everything. They're going to be on you. They're going to be in your food, in your bed, everywhere. You're going to be uncomfortable from the amount of frogs that are all over the place in Egypt. And I'm going to cause this to happen. They're going to come out of the Nile River and they're going to swarm everywhere. And so, and so Moses goes in and tells Pharaoh all this. And the Pharaoh is basically like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I, I, I don't care. I'm not going to do it. You can do what you want, basically. So the Pharaoh is not listening. He is stubborn. His heart is still hard. And one other thing here. So actually, the ancient Egyptians worshipped frogs, and they believed frogs to be the symbol of fertility. In fact, they were very happy each year when they could hear the frogs. They would rejoice. And I think there was this big old festival or celebration or something that the frogs had come out of the Nile River after the river had flooded. And there'd be frogs everywhere. And the, the Egyptians would rejoice because that was the time for them to start planting. And women would wear little amulets and stuff with the frogs symbol and uh, th their frog goddess was actually named Heket and they would worship this image of Heket which was a female uh, goddess with the shape of a frog head basically she had a frog head and they worshipped this image in fact they worshipped frogs so much the Egyptian people that they weren't even allowed to kill frogs like frogs were just allowed to be prolific and it was a symbol of uh, fertility. And I, I think uh, Heket was actually the goddess of fertility to the Egyptians. And uh, frogs were a huge, important symbol in ancient Egypt. And so God is directly attacking another Egyptian god. We learned on uh, Monday that God actually attacked the Nile River god, which I think was named uh, Hapi. I think was the name of the Nile River god, which the Egyptian people would worship the Nile River. And they also worshipped the frogs that came out of the Nile River as the goddess Haket, who was the goddess of fertility. Because <laughs> I don't know if you guys have frogs in your area, but I certainly do. We have a pond in our front yard, and it's a pretty decent sized pond. And we have frogs everywhere. You cannot walk uh, like near the pond at all without frogs screaming and jumping into the pond and they scare the crap out of you when they do that because you're just walking right along and just minding your own business and all of a sudden a frog screams at you and jumps into the water and makes this huge splash and it is very startling so we have we have frogs everywhere and you think that you'd <laughs> you'd think that I would get used to it after having this pond for so many years but no I get scared every single time that frog screams and jumps into the water and we see frog eggs everywhere and Sometimes they're in our driveway and in our grass and we have to be careful when we mow or when we're driving that we don't run over frogs because the frogs are so prolific and uh, we have some huge frogs. We have this one frog. I'm telling you, this thing is huge and I see it all the time and it lives on the one side of my pond and oh my gosh, this thing is a monster. It's, it's bigger than the size of my hand and I have a very freakishly large hand for a female and <laughs> this frog is huge. Like it would it's bigger than my hand. And uh, so anyway, I forget what I was saying with this, but basically frogs are extremely prolific. And so the Egyptians worshipped the frog as the symbol of fertility in the Egyptian land. So now God is directly attacking this Haket goddess. 
And, you know, it, it is really fascinating. We always think that God just wanted to destroy Egypt and that was just the end of it. He just decided to bring all these plagues. No, it wasn't that God wanted to destroy Egypt. He was actually trying to get the attention of the Egyptians, not just the Israelites, but he wanted the attention of the Egyptians as well. He wanted the Egyptians. Just think about that. We, we don't think about that. We always think that God was doing this to rescue his people, the Israelites, and that he didn't care about the Egyptians. No, that wasn't the case at all. He wanted the Egyptians to be, uh, to basically convert, to be his people too. And we'll, we'll learn more about that later on as well. But God was doing this to get the attention of the Egyptians and be like, hey, look, I'm here. I am greater than every single one of your gods that you worship. I am the only God. This is what God is saying to the Egyptians. So he's getting their attention through all of this. And so Pharaoh probably didn't think anything of this uh, frog plague before it happened. He was probably like, well, frogs are a good thing. This means fertility and this means whatever else and spring and happiness and whatever they used to worship back then. And it says here that he did not listen to the words of Moses and Aaron. So he probably thought nothing of this plague because frogs were something that they worshipped. Frogs were a good thing in their minds. And so then it says here that Yahweh says to Moses, tell Aaron to stretch out his hand with his rod over all the rivers and the streams and over the pools and cause the frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron probably went to a high place wherever that might be in Egypt and he likely stretched out that uh, rod in his hand, that uh, shepherd's rod, and just waved it maybe throughout all the land of Egypt. And it says here that Aaron, that's what he did. He stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and all of a sudden these frogs started coming up. And since the Egyptian people were not allowed, it was illegal to kill a frog back then. You can imagine the amounts of frogs that suddenly came up out of the water. They were called by God to leave the Nile River and to go into people's houses. I can't even imagine how many frogs, <laughs> like I can't even imagine that, how many frogs there were for the entire ground to be covered. And these people had to probably step so lightly in order to not crush these frogs. You know how annoying this must have been for the Egyptian people to have this law where they can't kill frogs and stuff like that. And they probably had to like scoop their feet left and right every single time so that they're not hurting or killing a frog. And uh, they had to probably step super lightly so that they don't break their own laws of killing these frogs. But these frogs are everywhere. They're in the food. It says that they covered the entire land of Egypt. These frogs were everywhere. They were in the food. Do you, can you imagine how dirty that is? Like that is filthy. You know, frogs cause all sorts of diseases because they, they, I don't know, they just, they do. <laughs> they can spread all sorts of salmonella and stuff like that. You have to be really careful around frogs because they have diseases on them. And so imagine frogs being in your food and stuff like that in the ovens. Like people couldn't cook without frogs jumping into their ovens and stuff. This was probably terrible terrible. And so now all of a sudden it says here that the magicians did the same thing with their enchantments and they were able to bring up frogs on the land of Egypt. Now this one <laughs> kind of perplexes me because I wonder at this point, since there were so many frogs, how they were able to bring up more frogs, unless this was just an, an illusion that they performed for Pharaoh or something like that. But basically, um, it says here in the Bible that they were able to bring up more frogs, but why didn't they just use their magic or whatever to put the frogs back? 
They just made the problem worse. That's because I was talking about this recently. If this was a satanic power that these magicians were using, which it's very likely that it was, satanic powers don't do good. (laughs) So these satanic powers are not able to get rid of the frogs or push them back into the river, but just make the problem worse. So whatever these magicians were doing, they just made the problem worse, but it was enough for Pharaoh to see his magicians do the same thing in order for him to have a hard heart. He was just like, oh, my magicians can do the same thing. This isn't Yahweh, or maybe it is, but who cares and stuff like that. So this Pharaoh decided to have a hard heart after he saw his magicians do a very similar thing or the same thing or whatever it was that the magicians did. Pharaoh chose to harden his heart. And so it says here that after a while, I don't know how long it's been, maybe a couple days of uh, Pharaoh (laughs) having to deal with all these disgusting frogs all over him. Finally, the people are like, what the heck? This is not good. We do not like these frogs. And so it says here in verse eight that Pharaoh calls for Moses and Aaron and he says, entreat Yahweh that he take away the frogs (laughs) from me and from my people. And I will let your people go so that they can go and sacrifice to Yahweh. So finally, Pharaoh is recognizing Yahweh. This is the first time that he really recognizes Yahweh because the last plague, he thought nothing of the rivers turning to blood because he had fresh water. He had servants to get bring him fresh water. He thought nothing of the Nile River being turned to blood or anything like that. And uh, we don't know how long it took after that plague and this one, maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month for the frogs to uh, proliferate in the uh, Nile River or something like that. Maybe the timing was just perfect. And we don't know how long it took between this second plague and the first plague. I mean, it had to have been enough time for the frogs to be able to breed again in the Nile River, unless God just brought them up out out of nothing, which he absolutely can do that as well. But it says here that uh, finally, Pharaoh is recognizing Yahweh, that Yahweh exists. Because even though Pharaoh's magicians were able to do something similar. They certainly were not able to do it in the way that God had done it, which was to bring all these frogs up and just cover the entire land. And so finally, it says here that Pharaoh is asking Moses and Aaron to take away the frogs and ask ask Yahweh to take away the frogs. And he's like, I will let your people go. Just get rid of these frogs. We're sick of them. We're done with them. And so what a change from something that was worshipped. These Egyptian people are now sick of these frogs. They just want them gone. I can't imagine there's a lot of worship of frogs happening at this point. These people are probably like, what the heck is this? Like, we need these frogs gone now. And so it says that Moses says to to Pharaoh, he's basically like, I'm going to give you the honor, Pharaoh, of deciding what time you want these frogs gone so that you can see God's power. So you can see Yahweh's power, the real God, you can see his power. And so Pharaoh's like, okay, then tomorrow. So Moses is like, all right, we'll do it tomorrow. And so it says here that uh, Moses goes back to God and asks God, he's like, he, he prays to God and he prays for the people of Egypt. And he's like, God, please take away the frogs tomorrow. And it says, God listened to Moses. And it says that the frogs died. <laughs> These frogs everywhere every single one of them, except for the ones that were in the Nile, they died. They're in, they were in the houses, in the courts, in the fields. And these people had all of a sudden, they had to clean up all of these dead frogs. I can't imagine there was a lot of frog worshiping going on 
after this point. The goddess Heket has just been completely shattered to these Egyptian people, I am sure, at this point. The people at this point are starting to recognize that Heket was a fake goddess, that God was the only real God out there. And these people are starting to realize this. And and we'll talk about that later on as well, because there is some evidence for that, that some of the Egyptian people did, in fact, turn to God during all of this time and God spared them. And so it says here that um, it says that the people gathered together all these dead, disgusting frogs into heaps and the land stunk. Because just imagine all this dead, decaying uh, frog flesh everywhere in these heaps. Like, ugh, oh. And if you don't get every single one of them out of your house, oh my goodness. I can't even imagine how much that would smell. So (laughs) these people basically gathered those frogs into heaps and probably were mourning and, and disgusted at the smell of these frogs. But it says here, but Pharaoh... When Pharaoh saw that the frogs had basically disappeared, he hardened his heart. And he was like, nope, never mind. Not letting the people go. My problem's done with. My problem with the frogs is over. So not letting your your people go. And he says, he did not listen to Moses and Aaron just as Yahweh had said. And this is the end of the second plague. And we'll talk about the third plague on Friday. So join me then. We're going to discuss the next Egyptian god, how God basically destroyed that Egyptian god as well and is proving himself to be the most powerful. He is showing the Egyptians how powerful he really is so that they turn to him. Isn't that just wonderful? Like, I just, I always remember learning about some of these plagues when I was a kid. I couldn't remember all of them, of course, but I remember learning about them, but I never realized that God was really, really trying to show the the Egyptian people how powerful he really was. And isn't that just fascinating? It wasn't just about the Israelites here. It was also about the Egyptians. And this was the only way to show them his power and his might and how powerful God really, really is. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in this morning and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless.